pretty good for a girl. A podcast about girls who rock, girls That's who what I'm liquor, <laughs> and girls who will arm wrestle you in a rainstorm with a lollipop. a little bit different tonight as I am here in the studio without my usual homegirls, but I do have company. Tonight I am in Spokane, Washington, hanging out with the folks from the band Itchy Kitty. Hello, friends. Hello. Hello. Thanks so much for being here tonight. I'm super excited to learn more about your band and you guys as musicians and just rap a little bit about music in general. But first, I'm going to go around the room and ask you guys to ask you guys ask you guys to introduce yourselves and your position in the band for the listeners, please. Um, my name is Ami. I play guitar and I do vocals. I'm Naomi. I play bass and do vocals. I'm Ethan, and I play guitar. And do vocals, and too. Vocals. Yeah. <laughs> and my name is Mike, and I play the drums. All right. You have another name, don't you, though? I do. <laughs> what are you known as around town? <laughs> no. no one's supposed to know. I'm, okay, I'm, okay. I'm, we, won't, we won't tell, we won't tell. No one's supposed to know his real name. I'm a substitute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there, there's, a, there's another member, but he seldom shows up. I see, okay. Hmm, curiouser and curiouser. <laughs> So, he lives in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. So normally I start off all of my shows with a discussion about what everyone is drinking. But it's a little early here in the evening. Um, but one of us is drinking whiskey. Surprisingly, I am not. I will have to correct that at some point. Mm, I'm drinking straight bleach. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> all right. So uh, I got a couple questions for you guys. Um, just to introduce you to the listeners and um, especially those that aren't local. And um, we'll talk a little bit about local music and the scene here in Spokane since I'm pretty new to the city. But let's start at the beginning. Um, you guys formed about five years ago. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. How did you guys come together? And what's your origins all um, starting to play your instruments and, you know, the idea for the band? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Who wants to tell the story? You go. God damn it. Uh, my version of the story. So what, you always start <laughs> you always start with what instrument I play? Sure, or like like how wherever, I started playing start. guitar when I was eight years old. Um, uh, consistently hated my life, which led me in uh, to write music. So <laughs> later on uh, later on I started working at Guitar Center and met Shug who Mike, ugh, that feels weird. Um, <laughs> his name's Shug. Yeah, his name is Shug, Sugar Bear. Uh, we, so I met Shug, and I met Ethan, and but Ethan didn't start bebopping in the band until way, way, way later, but me and Shug were all like, hey, 
Or I played a song. That's right. I played a song about my cat Boo, and she was like, yeah, I want to be in that band. And I was like, all right. And so I called Naomi, and I was like, Naomi, instead of learning guitar or playing guitar at all, do you want to play bass? And she's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then, uh, so we did. But apparently... That is not how it happened. <laughs> That's how I wrote. Who cares? <laughs> Who the fuck cares? <laughs> you can tell the story. I mean, apparently, apparently, my version of the story is the one that's wrong. So it's true. You, everyone thinks there's something different. I don't care anymore. Well, Naomi thought Naomi says that we already had because we were already trying to be a band, but we hadn't really come up with anything in particular, and that she thought that we had played a show as well. Before Suge was even a part of it, but she's mistaken. Suge wouldn't play the show, so we played by ourselves. <laughs> I don't even remember practicing with Suge at that point. So. Yeah, we did in your little octagon, Once? and in my apartment. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. One time. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that. I guess that means that. Uh, all right. <laughs> History amended. There we go. All right. One you heard it here. We have corrected the backstory of Itchy Kitty. So fuck behind the music with VH1. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have the worst memory here. I you have the worst memory here. You were constantly drunk. I was. Who's to say? You can just make it up as you go along. I there's stories I hear story every time. I I wish I could. I'm not even that original. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, tell me a little bit about your inspirations. Like, that's always my favorite thing. I don't know about you guys to read about other musicians is who they were into, who they were inspired by, who they wanted to be like when they grew up. Oh. Hmm. Well, mm. I never thought I'd get past the age, like, 16, so <laughs> inspired inspired to who I would grow up to be would probably not be not be the exact thing, but... Uh, David Bowie, I think, is a big one for everyone here. Yes. I don't know about Suge, actually. Yeah? yeah? yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh, okay. He's um, a mystery. He's we have the same guy. birthday. What? Oh. You and David Bowie have the same birthday? What the yeah. fuck? Why don't we know anything about you? <laughs> <laughs> and Elvis as well. Oh, I actually knew that. Elvis is a lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like David Bowie and like, I don't know, like, I really like Gigi Allen and shit. Yeah. Because that guy's fucked up. Um... <laughs> pretty fucked up too so i get it uh i don't know shit like that i guess and everyone has their kind of own little things that they draw their stuff from yeah i like i find a lot of inspiration in like uh wendy o williams and david bowie and uh mark bolan jay retard definitely i have a weird fascination with him um yeah, Poison Ivy from The Cramps. Yeah. There's only one Poison Ivy, in my opinion. I But you gotta clarify, because <laughs> a lot I know. of people <laughs> don't, don't know. Like, Poison Ivy from Batman? Yeah, no, you idiot! Always, <laughs> they'll always think that, and so you're gonna be like... Mm. It's like when you tell people what kind of music you play, and you're like, oh, like Blink-182? Like, oh, no. So you guys sound like Green Day, right? Oh, my. So, well, that's another question, actually. If you had to describe your music, because we are gonna tell the listeners... Um, where to go listen to them after the show, and you better do it. You guys know I will know if you don't. Um, if you have to describe yourself, what would you say you sound like? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people, like, we we started as, like, we're just like, ah, oh, fuck, it was punk rock. And I still stick with that because I don't give a shit about anything. Uh, genres, genres have gotten quite muddy in the past, like, 15 years. 
And there's lots of, like, subgenreing going on now, and that's just a bitch, so I just say fuck it. But I've noticed a lot of people lately are calling us, like, hardcore, which I don't agree with, because that's, in my opinion, that's, like, the equivalent of, like, strapping, like, I don't know, like, cardboard to your chest and saying you made strawberry rhubarb pie or something. But that's just how I see it, because uh, I don't think we're that. But I guess some people do. What? A lot of people. A lot of people? Yes. I don't know why. I saw a couple of reviews, hardcore punk, and I was like, that's yeah. not, I We're not, don't though. think I would agree with no. that. <laughs> I've seen you guys live now, and I, I and listened to your albums, I wouldn't. To, uh, like, shut down conversations when I don't want to talk to people about it, like, I just go for the broadest, and I just tell them that we're in a rock and roll band, like, that's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it's just, we do rock and roll, that's it. You yeah. know, because if you say you're in a punk band, they're like, ew, and they want to yeah. talk about it, like, yeah. Yeah. in a really weird way. They uh, always say these bands that I think are terrible, too. And then they're like, I'm going to go see Avril Lavigne. I was like, just I don't say fucking that. care. Yeah, it's always <laughs> the Avril Lavigne thing. It's like, so you like... So you just, like, dress like Avril Lavigne and then, like, bebop? I'm like, oh, my fucking God, I'm going to blow my brain. I didn't even know she was so relevant anymore. I thought she was... She married the guy from Nickelback, and now everything in her life is fine, so... From Nickelback? I think she's married to the guy from Nickelback, right? No, she's married to someone in Good Charlotte. No, that's not true. You know what? It's someone that doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm. Well, if it's Nickelback, that's a whole other universe, because they're supposed to exit the planet. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's a dark place. So I read in an article... Um, and I'm not doing a direct quote, but it was the sentiment was it would be lazy to compare you guys to the likes of Bikini Kale, Kathleen Hanna, or Seven Year Bitch. Um, how do you feel about that statement? Personally, I took a lot of issue with it in a big way. Well, define issue. I we don't want to be identified as just a female fronted band or anything. We don't like that people single us out all the time just because there's two girls in the band and so yeah like we like i like bikini kill but like i and so in that effect i have no problem with having any comparison to it but we don't want to be categorized like that and bikini kill and uh seven year bitch they're all like categorized as like just just for being female fronted yeah, I think what the person who wrote that quote, I think what they meant by, like, laziness in comparison to us, to them, is that, like, they're female-fronted, so people automatically are like, oh, it's like Bikini Kill, but we sound nothing like them. We don't. So I think I think that's what he meant by it, because that's what I take from it. If I were to read that article, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, because they don't sound anything like that. So, I mean, if we, you know, did our vocals differently, I could see how we could sound like that, maybe. But, I don't know, I think we have very... Like, they all have their own specific styles, and so do we, so it's kind of... I think it's lazy to compare most bands to each other in the first place, but that's just me. <laughs> I think the comparison is is a helpful tool often to allow listeners to decide whether they might want to listen to your music and like it. Yeah. I mean, that's... If I'm going to compare one band to another, I would say that, but also always with the caveat, they have their own sound. Um, for me, I think that not having the discussion about two females fronting a band will only be necessary when there are more female-fronted bands, especially in rock and roll, rock music, hard music, metal. Unfortunately, it's still a minority, and um, it's still obviously surprising to people. It's a fucking shame in 2018 that it still has to be a conversation, for sure. And I know that you guys want to be just seen as, you're just like your colleagues, we're just a band. The fact that we have... Other sexual organs matters not, but 
from my perspective, it still matters. And um, I think that it's a worthy platform to be able to help to change that mentality still. And I think you guys have a lot of power to do that. When I was at your show, the ratio of men to women was awesome at the show. And the amount of men moshing to you guys was fucking awesome. Yeah. And somewhat unusual, I will say, coming from large cities, when I've gone to shows, I've seen these bands we just mentioned live, and I've seen the ratio of men to women. It's not always what you expect it to be. So I was really impressed with that, and I was really happy to see that. Um, the one thing I was a little, one thing that surprised me a little bit is, I think it was your second song already, you know, the moshing is, is you know, kicks off, and I saw two girls go down. Fall and, down? Yeah. No, get pushed down. Oh, were they standing up front with their arms crossed? No, they were also trying to uh, yes. enjoy themselves and, and mosh. And um, this is something, just because these bands were mentioned, this is something in the Riot Girl days that would come up a lot. I'm sure you guys are familiar that Bikini Kill would be one of the bands that would get on stage and say, hey, 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 all you guys to the back, ladies up front. Mm-hmm. You can safely mosh up front, and you guys can mosh back there. And if you think you can mosh with the ladies and not fucking knock them over, cool. And it was something that I thought was really, I appreciated that at the time. I'm also a small girl. You know, most of us are a lot smaller than the dudes. Not that I can't knock one of those motherfuckers down, because I did grab one by the back of their shirts at your show and rip him away from another girl with one hand and move him to the side, because he had knocked over a girl, oh, just to separate too. him for a second. So it's, you know, that's fine, but um, I don't, how do you feel about that sentiment? Well, I mean, like, around here, like, I... Have been like we've been involved in the punk scene around here for quite a while, not just like even before we had a band involved in it. And us being two small girls, like, I mean, we held we've always been able to hold our own in a mosh pit. And I don't know what it's like in other cities, but around here, everyone's regarded as equal, whether you're male or female. So if you want to get in the mosh pit and you're a girl, you're yeah, handing you're over your rights the same way a man is when he gets in the mosh pit. If you get your teeth knocked out, it's because you got in the mosh pit, it's the same deal. Like, so if a guy like, I've gotten punched in the face so many fucking times in the mosh pit. Yeah. I've gotten my ass grabbed. I've gotten fucking mm-hmm. thrown around on the ground. I've gotten kicked in the fucking face. Like, toes stepped on, you name it, hair pulled by accident. Like, Dog it just pile. it just happens. And, like, you know, if, like, if some guy, like, fucking, like, I remember one time some dude straight walk up, walked up to me and just punched me in the face. Like, walked through the mosh pit to uh, punch me in the face. Yes, and then I punched him. Yeah, and then she, <laughs> she punched him in the back of the fucking head a few times because that was kind of fucked up. But it's, like, we can see when something's uncalled for like that, where it's, like, you're, like, purposefully punching someone in the fucking face. But even if, even if it's man on man, like, even if we see a guy just walk straight up to someone and punch him in the face, like, we'll be like, hey, fuck that, don't do that, like, that's not cool, this is a mosh pit, everyone's trying to have fun here. And, like, a lot of the girls around here are super, I don't know, like, we've all had pretty tough upbringings and we're all pretty tough, so, like... When we get into the mosh pit, we know what we're dealing with, and a lot of the girls around here can hold their own in the mosh pit better than a man can, <laughs> in most yeah. senses, and that's pretty funny to watch. Like, Kim's a good example of that, watching her fucking motor her way through, fucking do anything she wants. Oh. But, yeah. I missed that. That's just kind of how we regard it around here. Um, I know in other cities it's a bit different, though. Like, one of the last shows we played, uh, there was a lot of, like, complaints about, like, girls getting hurt in the mosh pit but that i don't know how they dealt with that there because it was a different place it's a different different vibe different venue like it just kind of matters where you are place to place in my opinion but around here we're pretty pretty family oriented so it's like 
Yeah, we're not going to let you get hurt. Yeah. Everyone if we see someone just blatantly getting hurt, then yeah, we're going to be like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Because that's, that's just rude. Like, if you're just going to go into the mosh pit to purposely fuck people up, especially, like, if you're, like, singling people out mm-hmm. because of gender or race or whatever, like, or what they're wearing. Like, I've seen that before. Like, people are like, this guy's a hippie in the mosh pit. Let's beat him up. And it's like, that's not cool because he's just trying to have fun, too. Mm-hmm. So... Everyone should kind of take a fucking chill pill. Maybe do a little bit less coke next time. Unless they're slow dancing. I, I gotta say, I haven't... I must miss a lot of this stuff. I, I honestly don't see people getting... That's because oh, you're behind the drums. Hurt, thrown down or anything. I gotta start paying attention. You're protected in the drums. A little more. You're all behind cymbals and stuff. We get hit in the mouth with microphones. People are moshing <laughs> yeah, and throwing up. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, you got hit just the other day. I got left still cut up. I liked the that guy at the the bayou though. There was that one guy that was just like a body shield yeah. holding the uh, holding. I blew him so many kisses. Back. Yeah, what a dear. Stop people we kept from winking at him bumping him. microphones in the mouths and knocking teeth out. You so. still got hit though. Yeah. Yeah. Mom got hit, but that was fun. But that was like it was like a guardian angel. He was a guardian <laughs> angel. Bless his heart. My God. So I think this is a good time to ask you guys about um, the scene in Spokane. So since I'm new to the area, I've lived all over the country. I've actually lived in other countries as well and played music and had a record label in another country. And um, it's interesting to me how not so different music scenes are. And then in some ways, how vastly different they are. Hmm. Um, I see from my point of view, Spokane is an emerging city. Everything that I read about Spokane in arts and culture, in um, commercial growth, things like that. It's a it's a city that's on the precipice to become a much larger city, um, and you guys are from here. So, um, what do you think? How do you feel about the local music scene right now in the city that you're a small city outside of a major city, which is Seattle? Uh, the music scene, at least for on for me on our end, like the style of music we play, it's kind of there's not a lot of bands there's not a lot of bands that we can get matched up with not a lot of bands that we have similar like as a similar genre like as far as like we have the other bands that are on our label and we've played some good shows with them like we sound good in that group but i don't know there's not a there's not many punk bands in spokane there used to be. I, I, it fluctuates so much. Yeah. <laughs> year I know. Year. It, yeah, it does kind of, doesn't it? Yeah, like every five years, it's like it's like oh, there's a lot of punk bands, and then it's like now there's like none, and then it's like oh, there's a lot of metal bands, and then it's like now there's none, and then it's like electronic music is huge for some reason, and then electronic music dies. Like the scene here fluctuates so wildly, it's kind of interesting to watch. It's interesting to see people like they'll commit. My boot is messing up, sorry. <laughs> uh, people committing to a band for, like, just a couple months. I don't know. I don't know what goes on with those bands, but they come and they go. And Yeah, there's there's a good community here, though. Like, people are supportive of each other. I mean, for the most part. I'm not going to fucking go overboard with that statement, because, my God, I mean, I know some people are pretty catty about it, but um, I th- people are pretty, like community oriented here and like everyone has like clicks and shit like that's a given but like yeah it's pretty community oriented like it's like everyone sets up shows like everyone puts in their work as far as like promoting goes everyone puts in their work as far as like making sure things keep happening and keep growing in the music scene and like yeah it fluctuates and like music scene gets big and gets low and like it just kind of 
that's just kind of how it is, but yeah, our city's gonna grow, supposedly, but um, I kind of like that we're a little cut off from other, like, big cities, because it is kind of nice having, like, such a weird little, like... Microcosm? Weird, yeah, weird little micro, like, thing going on, yeah, and then... Yeah, it does kind of feel like an outpost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like some, some weird little, like, stable that you pass by on a trail, <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is this place? And it's actually pretty great here, but... Yeah. I've noticed, at least, uh, you know, in the time that we've been doing this, more and more kind of bands are traveling through Spokane. Mm-hmm. Like, it's uh-huh. gradually becoming a tour stop. That's good, you know? because looking at the history of shows here, it's like, damn, any big, like, major acts, I'm like, guess I gotta drive to Tacoma. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to Tacoma, or yeah. going yeah. to Seattle. And- or even Missoula. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, Which makes lot- no sense. That makes no sense. A lot of bands will hit Missoula before they hit Spokane, even though it's a much smaller place, you know? Yeah. So. I guess it depends on what kind of music you're playing, too. Yeah, Yeah. I think I've kind of looked at the gamut just to kind of understand the scene here. I usually try to look at, like, you know, how many local shows there are. And um, it looks like there is a thriving little local scene here of a a lot of different styles of music. Mm -hmm. Um, From an outsider perspective, the fact that you've got a small record label here that's able to hold down even two bands that are able to get shows uh, is is g- great right now, you know, the way music is. And especially in a small city, that's a pretty impressive feat. Um, is there only one label here? Pretty much. Uh, uh, there's a couple, yeah, but like... There's a couple around. They're not um, really... They don't really do a whole lot. Yeah. yeah like just corporate, I guess. And there's four yeah. bands on that. Yeah, the label we're on right now is, like, relatively new, too, and he, he just knows what he's doing, so it, it works out. But. So what does a label offer bands today, a small indie label like that? What do they offer you? What's the, the benefit of having a label these days? Um, for us, it's, it's about physical distribution. Chris, you know, has some ins with record stores, and um, and not just here, but, you know, on the coast and other states, and so it's about the physical distribution part. So you guys, so he's, or is he pressing vinyl for you guys? What is Not he physically yet. making? We're, uh, we're, we're working on the vinyl thing. Okay. That's really expensive. So when you say physical music. Um, like, like he'll take our tapes and CDs and, and install, you know, place them into okay. retailers for, okay. for, for sale for people that aren't into the downloading thing. And, um, so it's a little bit about that, a little bit of financial help with, uh, actually pressing the CDs. Um, it's kind of a partnership there. Um, and he's a little bit unique. Well, I don't know if this is necessarily unique, but he, he comes from a print shop background. So he can do the t-shirts and he can do the posters and he can print the tape J cards and all that kind of stuff. So for us, it's uh, more of a little one-stop shop kind of a thing. We, we, he can take some of the pressure off of us having to outsource some of that stuff. He can yeah. make stickers for us and make the buttons and, and just keep it all in, in-house, I guess. And that's that's a huge benefit. Mm-hmm. So how about recording? Do you guys, um, does your label provide any financial help with recording? Or uh, we record ourselves. Okay. So, uh, you know, we own the gear. Um, Ethan is extremely talented at it. He went to school for it. 
and he's done both our records so far. And so, so you're the sound engineer yeah, and producer, yes. so to speak. Yeah, so we have the luxury of <laughs> recording on our own time and it not costing anything. That's yeah. freaking awesome. Other, other than the except for his time, and sweat and tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my mental anguish. Yeah. <laughs> Running your arm into the ground. <laughs> All the good times. No, it is. It's awesome. And like. You know, I've been, I've, I've played with other groups and stuff and had to figure out funds to go into studios and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, I just love doing the stuff so much. Like now it's not even, I don't know. It's, we haven't just, we just haven't had to think about it and I enjoy doing it so much and it's nice to be able to take our time and not have to stress about money and the clock and you know all this stuff yeah, so yeah. we we kind of um we have a nice little setup where it's we, easier to communicate too with you yeah you know what we want to sound like yeah and so it's like and we've had like limited uh interaction with other producers or engineers and stuff and it hasn't gone well <laughs> so are you talking about that guy no we're not talking about any guy. that dude's in the ground <laughs> But yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, we're, it's, we're disgustingly familial, and it's <laughs> just mean, kind of, we're, we're just, like family. we're family, oh. and uh, <laughs> yeah, so we just I mean, kind of like, hold up, and uh, record, and you know, mind read and stuff touch like that. Butts. Yeah, touch butts. <laughs> and this isn't n- unique to us. I mean, so many bands record themselves now. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the gear has come down in price and people mm-hmm. can get better You're results <laughs> just at home you know yeah. I mean, you might as well do it at home if you can if you like what the sound you're getting i know yeah. someone that does it all on their iphone they have all the contractions mm-hmm. to be able to hook your yeah you can hook yeah. up all your instruments to your iphone yeah and it's it's crazy and i was the amount of because he plays all three instruments and i listen to it and I'm like oh who the hell's playing with you dude he's like oh it's just me on my iPhone I was like shut the fuck up <laughs> he's like no really start showing me all the stuff I'm like that's enough information on her <laughs> I believe you it sounded just yeah I mean, you would have never known. It's bonkers. I feel like I'd get annoyed with that touching the little screen. Yeah, that's what, that's what happened to me. I was like, I can't take GarageBand anymore. I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with GarageBand and Audacity for the podcast, and I don't can't imagine. I don't know. I guess I think I'm the type of person if I get into it, then I would be so into it that it. I would have to, ugh, it would, yeah, it's better that I've got someone else to edit. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Love you, Ed. Love you, Ed. <laughs> You're the best, Ed. Sweet butterscotch, Ed. Exactly. So, uh, the first album that you guys self-released was Careless Whisker. <laughs> yeah. That's an, amazing, an amazing name. I like that you laughed at that. That is a fantastic name. Um, and then your new album that just came out, and I was at your record release party, like I mentioned, is called Mr. Universe, and it has 14 songs. So tell me a little bit about the album, and how do you feel like it's a it's a big progression from your first album, or pretty much just the same? It's a natural progression. Well, it's a it's na- natural. Natural, absolutely, but we are kind of progressing as a band, getting used to each other's styles and incorporating them, and that's what... The second album is is all of us kind of like I don't know figuring it out and pretty much doing whatever we want like <clears throat> I don't know just fuck it I think sonically it's definitely a progression it, it sounds better yeah yeah I think it sounds better yeah 
it's a bit more experimental yeah. in some regards. Like, it just... It's just a little weirder than the first one, I guess. Well, the last one we did in, like, a week. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the first album, like, was written completely before I even joined the band. Like... Yeah, pretty much. I forgot about that. You had to come in and put parts in songs that were already done. Yeah, kind of like, do something some stuff. here. Yeah. <laughs> we have this whole spot here we don't know what to do with. And I'm a rhythm guitarist. And Ethan can play lead so well. So this I'm like, please, no please put something in here. And he's always like, you can do it. And I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. So there's a bunch of my leads on the first album. They're just terrible. <laughs> They're not terrible. We have dueling leads on one song. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> I remember being at the um, record release show, and there was someone standing next to me that it's the first time I was listening to their conversation. It was the first time they had seen you guys. And he was like, Joy. Damn, that chick shreds pointing at you. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, Catman, who's not with us tonight. And I was yeah. like, And I just looked over and I went, Yep. Yes, uh-huh. sir. Uh-huh. sir. That's yeah. right, buddy. Catman gets picked up by all sorts of dudes. Oh, yeah, man. I love. But like, you girls are beautiful. Yeah. Uh, there's. Yeah, oh, I, get, yes. I have a perverse satisfaction in freaking out the macho dudes. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh my god! Well, the first time I saw you guys, I had had a lot to drink and was on cold medicine, and it was very <laughs> the sick. best way to see it. End of the night, and I remember going, "Damn, that chick's huge! You go, girl!" I was so out of it though. But then when I came back from the bathroom, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute!" And then I got him like, "You're not that fucked up, are you?" Like. And I had to take a second look. I'm like, okay, now I get Catman it now. is a question. Nobody knows. But it was also <laughs> Halloween, too, so it was... You never know, yeah. Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> it was all a little bit different. Yeah. Um, we had just come from a Halloween party in some fancy rich person's house. It oh, was a fun. friend of a friend, and we kind of crashed the party. And Did you get any food? The whole entire kitchen was the size of my house, and it was just laid out with food everywhere. And we had That's already awesome. eaten. I'm like, damn it! Did you put? You didn't put in your food. Some cheese and put it in one of my some cheese cubes and something else. <laughs> Looted food always. The, it's better. the best. Then we went in the basement, and this house was in. Apparently, the people who owned it previously had the carpenter live there for a year. To do all the carpentry work. I mean, it was like Harry Potter's house. It was insane. Jeez. And we went down the basement, and there was like four folding tables worth of booze. And I just got behind there. I'm like, all right, let's go. What do you guys want? Let's do this. <laughs> and uh, there was a weird dance floor, and there was some weird people there. And then I think the people that owned the place were swingers. And the lady was huh. trying to get me to stay with them. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm on cold medicine. I got to go. Oh, you missed out on a great experience. <laughs> Me and Naomi looted a, a a lawyer party one time. That was awesome. <laughs> so much cheese cake to the top floor <laughs> of the Paulson Center, and there was judges and all these people were like, <laughs> it was fancy up there. It well, wasn't very fancy. Good food. They had to have. gold. Yeah, that's pretty. That's like thirty dollars a can, baby. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty. I expected. Fancier. They did have tiny brownies. They also like the, like a girl like taking a bath in champagne in a glass or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean there was two of those, but they, oh, had, okay. they had like Izzy Izzy sodas instead of normal soda. So in my mind, I was like, these people are loaded. <laughs> I gotta get out. That's of here true. With as much food as did I they can have fit in my pockets. Yeah, everywhere. I took like seven of them, dude. Why do you think my pockets were so packed? <laughs> I don't remember that. 
I don't remember highlight. anything. Who were not admitting to any crimes, if anybody is listening. There oh, was, a, there was free food. That was free <laughs> These were free. Food. Yeah, exactly. You don't put food in front of me. <laughs> there was no price tag on it. I didn't steal them, baby. Yeah. Come on now. So, um, what what is the immediate future for you guys? Are you guys looking to tour more extensively? Oh, yeah. Do you want to... I mean, there. Are, I know a lot of bands lately, they're just like, no, I'm cool playing local, and that's pretty much as far as we want to go. Absolutely. And, but do you guys want to tour and, and yes. keep yeah. going and pushing? We want to do this for a living. <clears throat> this is what we want to do with our lives. We want to play music with... I just want to play rock music with my friends. Mm-hmm. Get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to rule the world. Yes. yes. Okay. That, that statement. There we go. I like that. But yeah, we want to... It's fun to make music. And, and if you can do it as like your job, like... I don't want to scoop ice cream for the rest of my life. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I don't um, want you to scoop ice cream for the rest of your life either. I just took my arm. This arm's so strong. I feel like I could punch a camel. Yeah. To if death. I, if I have one more person ask me for a dry cappuccino with no phone, I think I'm going to kill myself. Why is it a... How is it a cappuccino? Yeah, okay. You are wondering the same thing I am. Don't fucking worry about it. That's what I'm saying. Nerds. What the fuck is it? It's you, want, you want shots? Yeah, but yes, we want a tour. We just got a van. We did. We got a van. Yeah. What did we decide? BDR. It's called? The BDR, Big Dick Rider. Um, <laughs> Bruce Vanner. Yeah, Bruce Vanner. It's the green. Donny Mobile. Oh, that's right. We called it Bruce Banner because it's green. <laughs> yeah, because it's hilarious. Oh, it's I never heard that one. I like, I like that one the best. We're <laughs> using all of them. I like Donny Mobile. Depends on my Bruce mood. Banner. Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. I knew Joe would like it. It's, yeah. It's like Vanna White. That's Taco Cat's van. Yeah, they, I like their van. Their van's pretty cool. Yeah. So I am um, starting a band here because it was one of my goals for 2018. I was recently divorced, and I said, I'm going to get back to doing all the things that I used to love doing, especially as a kid, and fuck it. I'm 45 yeah. now. I'm a grown-up. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, con- I've gotten together with a couple other expats that are not Washingtonians, and um, my, I mean, I'm lobbying them big time, and I'm going to have to put this to an online vote. I want us to be called the Bruce Willises, and I want to name every fucking song after a scene in Die Hard. That's hilarious. It doesn't really have to be about Die Hard, but... Just Die Hard? He's got so many other movies that are hilarious. It's just Die Hard's enough for me. Yeah. I mean, we, we might go to 12 Monkeys at some point. We can do that, but, you oh, know, yeah. like, I just imagine our first song, like... Hey everybody, this is called Nakatomi Plaza and it's about bubblegum or something. You know. Oh, love so, it. Man, that's yeah. Excellent concept. You, <laughs> yeah, you are gonna love it in this city. There was a guy once who did a like two hour show by himself where he just acted out every scene from Die Hard alone. What? Yeah. Was I there? No. Oh my god. Yeah. Where was I? Absolute art. So you will you will like Spokane very much. <laughs> it's die hard friendly. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. Spokane, Washington. Die hard friendly. It's important. <laughs> I don't think the other peeps in my band are into it as much as I am, which is mm-hmm. fucking disappointing. I'm going to have to bribe them somehow or something. Or just do it. just uh, work together, find out their interests. Do or one album with that and the next you album. could have two bands. <gasps> Beat the That's true. Shug's in like 50 bands. <laughs> I just need to find someone that will just play like the banjo next to me and will just be the Bruce Willis's and that's that'll be You want someone to play banjo? Just go (laughs) downtown. There's like (laughs) ten kids that play banjo down there. I have a ukulele. (laughs) It'll work. They have their own banjo. It's gonna be fun. (laughs) There we go. We're all set. So, um what do you guys feel like I think 
for me um, at my age, this music has changed so much and being able to play music and for people to be able to access it in a lot of ways is so different and it's made it easier and then in some respects more difficult for bands. You know, when I was young, um, just starting out, we would find about bands reading music magazines. Yeah. Um, and this was before that. MTV, even. Then MTV came along and I was like, holy shit. But these were major bands you were finding out about. Local bands, you had to go to the record store and you had to, you would look at the flyers and other friends in school would tell you about it and you would tape trade and all this shit. Um, but now I feel like it's a double-edged sword because you have access to literally anything. Like I pay for my Spotify, so people are like, "Oh no, this band's like really obscure." I'm like, "No, they're not." And I go on Spotify, and there they are. <laughs> and it's kind of there's no more obscurity in a way, and I, so that's great. Okay, like there's a eighth grade kid in Finland that is shredding on guitar and puts it on Spotify, and I can hear him. Cool, but he, how do I? There's so much noise. How do you pinpoint? So do you guys feel like it's more difficult to really kind of um, find a following, push yourselves out there? I, I feel like it's indie bands have to work much, much harder these days because there's so much everybody's exposed to yeah. in so many ways. Well, we're lucky enough in our band to have, like, like Suge. He's been in tons of bands and knows how to how to do those things and... Ethan also just very like business oriented as far as like knowing how to work as a band and Shook taught me and Naomi how to be responsible in a band. Yeah, because I just want to run around and get drunk all the time. Yeah, and he's like, oh no no no, <laughs> this is your job. I, yeah, I think the oversaturation um, has definitely become like a huge ordeal, especially with like the coming of like SoundCloud and all that garbage. Um, but I mean, at the same time because of the oversaturation like there's more and more awesome bands that get discovered every day than there ever used to be like so many bands were just like you know swept under the rug and just died out because no one ever found them you know Mm -hmm. and then nowadays it's like it's so oversaturated that it's like there's so many more people being brought to the forefront that i think that there's like kind of still a fighting chance for like small bands to get somewhere which is kind of heartwarming and nice to Mm -hmm. Hope for. <laughs> I think it's made music listeners more discerning. I mean, yeah. I never thought I would say this because I'm not a mainstream music person, but I think people listen to less shit these days, less garbage. Because there's so much out there, I think it's teaching mm-hmm. the average person to know what good music is. Yeah. I'd agree know? with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I've noticed that, that, that I, I'd be surprised <clears throat> when I ask like teenagers, friends of mine who have teenagers, well, what are you listening to? I always ask them. And, Lately, the weirdest thing, I've had four kids go, oh, the dead milkmen. And I'm like, oh, man. what? <laughs> the fuck are you, li- how are you even finding punk. out about that? But it's just shocking to me. Like, oh, okay. That's, I, I'm, oh, I was, I didn't even know what to say. I was like, I don't even know how to respond to that. I don't know. It's like, oh, I came up on Spotify and some compilation. I was like. Yeah, that's, that's super helpful for younger people. Because yes. like, when I was growing up and like trying to figure out what I like. I grew up in the middle of fucking nowhere, so that didn't help me at all. But, like, I remember, like, when I finally started finding bands I liked, I, there was no way for me to find bands like those bands without mm-hmm. talking to other people. And I'm right. antisocial as fuck. I don't like I don't like people. So, like, I didn't like doing that at all. And it was just, like, 
it was just an uphill battle of, like, looking through, like, records at the store and, mm-hmm. like, trying to figure out what would be like the other things, kind of, and, like, took me years to figure out what I liked, but nowadays kids have access to, like, yeah, like, oh, I'm gonna type in, like, uh, like, I don't know, just whatever on Spotify, and then, you know, it'll show up with bands like that. Like, you can type in David Bowie on Spotify and Velvet Underground will start playing at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. If you like David Bowie, you might end up liking Velvet Underground. It's just, like, super helpful yeah. having that kind of thing, but also can not be helpful at the same time. Yeah. Because it's kind of, it's like, like, the whole, like, comparing bands thing. It's, like, it's good to use that as a tool, but then it's, like... They're still very different, and then it's just ugh, sometimes it gets muddy. Certain bands people compare to another band are just like completely out of what you're looking for. I think that's because of that. Like my Discover Weekly on Spotify, I actually pay attention to it now because I've actually been turned on to bands that I was like, oh, I've never heard of them before. Wow, I actually really like them. Yeah, it's like oh, I want to pay, but. What they pair up sometimes, I'm just like, whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then people that don't know will be like, oh, yeah, because they're just like so-and-so. And you're like, no, they're not. Yeah. No, they're not. I don't know who made those engines that do that or what guy is out there that's like, these bands sound almost the same, right? And then just like slaps them into the same list. I don't know. So um, I am really happy you guys came by tonight. I appreciate your time. I loved seeing you guys live. I'm excited to see you again. I've been telling everybody that I know locally, which aren't, aren't a lot of people yet, <laughs> to go out and see you guys. Well, thanks Start for having us. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. And um, you guys have been gracious enough, gracious enough to let me use some clips of your music. So you guys have been hearing that throughout the podcast to the listeners. And um, so uh, where can people find you guys online? on social media, wherever, so that they can purchase your music um, or put a little money in the tip jar, help you guys out, spread the word? Uh, let's see. We're on all, most of the social media, so Facebook page. Uh, we are on Instagram. Uh, best place to buy the music is Bandcamp. Um, yes. And you should search Educating on Bandcamp. We'll pop right up. Um, we are on all the streaming platforms if you absolutely must stream. Then you can find us there. Um, Our label site. Corporate Records, if you want the physical goods. Yeah. yeah. You want to buy some stuff? Yeah, we got mini bats. T-shirts, doodads. We got baseball bats. We have miniature baseball bats. Mm-hmm. You can keep them in your car. For clubbing. Boss someone in the head if you gotta. We're not kidding. Break out a taillight or two if you get angry on the road. Also, uh, for physical distribution, I got a list right here. Um, in Spokane, we have there's Go Records and Four Thousand Holes, both uh, and Total Trash. Those three stores have uh, physical copies of our records. Uh, Ear Candy in Missoula, Montana. Woo-woo-woo. Diabolical Records and Ranch Records, both in Salt Lake City, Utah, all stock our stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Or come to a show. Yeah. yeah, do that. Yeah, if you're local, come to a show. If yeah. you're not, I know that a lot of our listeners are in the same boat as me, that I have to force myself to go out and get out there and go to a show. And I'm always happy when I do it. I can't say, I can't remember the last time that I was like, damn, I wish I hadn't gone to that show. <laughs> it's a pain in my ass. I mean, oh, I got to go out after dark. Oh, you know, right. and go stand up. I don't have a comfortable chair and I have to go pee in someone else's bathroom but i'm always so glad i did it 
And um, you guys were fucking awesome at your record release. The oh, bands that were on before you were also awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, Homies, Bad Motivator, and Indian Goat. Indian Goat. Holy shit. Those guys, to two of them, I was like, damn. Solid. Yeah. yeah. But just, I, I got down in the pit for a minute, watched you guys, and I backed up so that I could get, I wanted to watch the crowd respond to you guys. Yeah. I like, that's... A big part of my how I gauge the I like to see the reaction of your fans, and then I was overhearing conversations of people who hadn't seen you yet. And um, I want to hear those conversations. There was, there, were, there was there was a lot of really good ones, um, and I liked that both of the bands said beforehand, "Damn, there's a lot of people here tonight." Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, "Fuck yeah! All right." I, I was psyched for you guys to hear that. They both commented on that several times, and I heard people in the crowd too comment on how oh my god look how many people are here i was like good and yeah, you guys sounded pretty, great pretty you sounded there. really good your sound was great you guys were tight you were you're a lot of fun to watch um you guys have videos online i'm assuming someone must have put videos up of you guys somewhere. of us playing live yeah, yeah. Oof, those are there's, bad, yeah, we, bad. Uh, we have mm-hmm. terrible video content there's, there's yeah we need well, to we'll work on that, that. there yeah. are good videos out there they haven't posted them i mean there's there's like here and there we'll have like little like good snippets that we've seen but we need to make some music let's videos. fix that let's mm-hmm. let's do next time you guys or at a good venue where you think the sound's going to be really good, and I can have a little safe space in a corner, we'll podcast live, and I'll do a live Tight. video. Yeah, we'd love that. Buff. Yes. Be fun. We'll do a live Facebook video, live YouTube and Facebook. It's fun. We do it often for the podcast. So, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. So, this has been us. Pretty Good for a Girl, a metal rock and whiskey podcast hosted by me, Sailor. I'll be back next week with the boys talking about some kind of metal shit. I don't know. Then I'll be back with my homegirls after that. And oh, hey, if you're not a jerk, please hit that subscribe button and tell all your friends to do the same. Get out there and support your local music scene. Rock on, friends, and fuck you, Lars. Mm-hmm.